it's fa- it's fascinating to me how easily someone in one religion can find the fallacies and biases in another religion. I think that what's I mean, fascinating your your razor sharp on your 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 criticism of Islam here. Yeah, and but what I find fascinating, Jeff, is that you recognize that with other religions, but you don't do it with your own. Because I, that may, I be, that may be the case. <laughs> I'm just saying. And and there's that confirmation bias coming up again. This is Apologetics Live. To answer your questions, your host of Striving for Eternity, Andrew Rappaport. All right, we are live, Apologetics Live, here to answer your questions, challenges, whatever you may have for us. If you want to join in the discussion, go to apologeticslive.com, and you can get the links to join right there. We are going to be putting this out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, but uh the comments don't always come in from those different places. I think I can only get from YouTube and Facebook, some of the Facebook places and some Twitter, but yeah. So if you want to me to see any comments so that we could put them in, well, then make sure you go to YouTube and watch it there, or just go to apologeticslive.com. That is the link that has the show where you can watch it as well. We're going to do, I'm going to jump in quickly because I want to bring in my friend here, Marlon Wilson. He was the, the moderator for the debate that we're going to be discussing today. You've done a number of debates on your Gospel Truth show. So you got, uh, I think you still have one coming up with Dr. Silvestro, correct? Yes, I do. Um, he's going to be debating uh, Michael Akehi. I believe that's his name, Michael Akehi. And they're going to be debating the Old Testament, uh, well, the youngest creation, and they're going to be debating you know, the moral morality in the Bible, should I say. All right. Well, that'll be a fun one to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for folks, if they're watching on YouTube, they get to see the mess that is called my office. Uh, usually I get a camera that zooms in a little bit closer so you don't see all of the mess. So I'll just keep my hands like this all the time so that no one sees. Uh, kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Don't mind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk because I know you got you got a very important thing coming up in about half an hour, and so you're going to have to ski daddle. Um, you got a, a soccer game, yeah. And people are going a soccer game. That's that important. No, it's whose soccer game, isn't it? That's what it is, man. Whose soccer game it is, man? Always. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we now we, now there's this question. Everyone's like, "Who is it? Should we tell them the famous person whose game you're going to watch?" My little lady. <laughs> I set it up. They're going to think someone like you're going to watch a professional player or something, but no. <laughs> so you, you got a, you got a soccer game with your daughter to go be at. So real quick, let's talk about the debate that I had. We had a debate. Um, we had a debate on um, your channel, the mm-hmm. topic, and I had to look over at his name. Stephen Bonnell was his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, the debate, was is secular humanism superior to Christianity? Now, because did, did, I I've been saying I think he did he choose that topic or was that one that you chose and you gave it to him and then contacted yeah, me? Yeah, if I remember correctly, I chose the topic and I threw it at him and he said sure and then that's when I 
took it to you to see if you were re- re- ready to go for it. You said, sure. And that's when you jumped on there and said, man, it's about to be a slaughter, man. It's over, man. It's already over before it started. So, yeah. Well, I like what, what uh, Andy uh, for him had said on uh, Facebook there. He said, Andrew already won the debate with the topic picked better pre-assumes the ultimate standard, which cannot exist in atheism. So I think exactly. he, he nailed it. It was like, I was like, really, you, you want to debate this topic? Okay. Yeah. Um, he did. He jumped right on it and said, you know, let's do it. I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> that's what you want. You know, if that's what you want. Go with it. Hey, you know, you, you got to take what you get though, man. You just go take it, man. But, I, look, I okay. actually, let me ask you this have you has you gotten any response what i was really hoping was a response that you were going to get was that some professing atheist was going to watch this debate and be like man i this guy did so bad i got to debate him that same topic because i think you and i both agreed he wasn't a very good debater yeah i think um to answer your first question i didn't get any response saying that um that you know, they wanted to give you a shot and anything, but um, I'm sure that'll come down the road. But as far as Stephen and his preparation, and I just think that it seems like he woke up and just threw a shirt on and jumped into it. You know, and I'm kind of like, come on, man. You know, you're going on a show. You know, somebody invited you on a show. At least have the courtesy enough to, you know, sort of get yourself together, prepare yourself some. You know what I mean? So. It just seemed like he was just out of it. Like he didn't, like he didn't prepare, so to speak, if that makes sense. It, well, it seemed like he was distracted. I was joking because he said he's a gamer. I, I thought maybe he was playing games. I mean, we're, we'll let folks watch this to see, but he definitely seemed distracted. He, yeah. he seemed like he didn't even want to be there. Yeah, it, it seemed like it was, um, you know, we, we re- I reached out to uh, Stephen about two months prior to you guys' debate. And, you know, when doing that, you know, there's an expectation that comes with it. You know, and you expect him to be like, okay, you know, plenty of time of preparation. And we expect him to come in and really desire to be there. You know what I mean? Desire to participate. You know, it's, it's, it's disappointing that when somebody agrees to something and, and in their hearts of hearts, they seem to not want to be there. You know what I mean? And not really want to do it. Yeah, I mean... And folks, we may end up playing the full debate. I'll definitely have a link uh, for for this debate that you can go watch it on Gospel Truth. But the thing that got me with this was when he went in, I mean, right from the opening, he had, I, well, I'll, t- I'll have to time it because mm-hmm. his opening seemed like it was a four-minute opening. Yeah, it was, it was really quick. It and was, and, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, yeah, it was really quick, and it was. I think that just shows the care that he put into it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's it's unfortunate, but it, even though he did not put much effort into it, I still feel that you uh, you took care of business, though. You represented well, though. I, I tried. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of easy with that topic. I, I mean, I was, I was actually hoping some some professing atheist was like reached out to you and like Marlon, man, I got to debate this guy on that topic, like. <laughs> because that's yeah, that's a lot of times what happens when, so yeah. when people see someone do bad like the, my debate i had with the, the black Hebrew israelite mm-hmm. everyone was like they start reaching out to me like i'll debate you because that guy did so bad mm-hmm. you could do better okay here's show up to apologetics live yeah it's, they don't show up <laughs> yeah it's all good though it's all good i'm sure it's come running in they come running in real quick though don't worry <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so, it, and as if folks want to chime in, go to apologetslive.com. There's links to join. You can join us here and join in the discussion as we play through it. We're just going to stop it wherever that needs to be stopped. If, if we, uh, uh, if we want to. And, um, so that's how we're going to do tonight is a post debate discussion. Now, what were some of the things before you go, because I know you're going to, you're going to, I want to take up most of the time with you, uh, with this debate specifically, um, it, it, we already mentioned, it seemed like he didn't want to be there. It seemed like he was distracted. Um, it's funny cause you kind of said he looked like he threw a shirt on, just showed up. Like maybe he was up late gaming all night. I don't know. But <laughs> You've actually had a number of guys I was commented to to Eli. It's like, what what is it with all these gamers that just they think they could do philosophy? Like, <laughs> no idea, man. No idea, man. Get a job. I don't know. Um, because right. the guy that Eli debated was like, "This is what I do full time," and I was like, "Really? Like, okay, I do okay. I do gaming and YouTube." Right, right. Kind of, kind of, kind of interesting. I was, I'll use the term interesting. It wasn't a career path when I was a kid. I know that either right. one of them. Right, but right, right, right. So with this debate, when you think about all the debates you've set up, you've you've set up a lot of good debates. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt, even as someone that would watch it, almost disappointed because yeah, it it did seem like only it didn't seem like both of us were as prepared. Yeah, it just see, I think I think a part of it is just the seriousness. You know what I mean? Like you obviously take the craft of apologetics serious. You know, this is something that God has blessed you with, so this is a gift. And it seems as though when Stephen jumped in there, it just seems that he doesn't take it serious. You know what I mean? These are engaging. Uh, even if we disagree, obviously we disagree. You know, there are. This is an engaging aspect. This is something that everybody's going to see. This is something that's going to be on live in front of the uh, uh, worldwide audience, essentially. You know, when you throw it on YouTube and stuff like that. So there's an aspect of it, sincerity and seriousness that you take with this, and I did, we just didn't see that from Stephen, and that's why his appearance and that's why his rep- his presentation failed. Yeah, I think even if you think about, um, you know, we had on this show we had a debate with um, Ken Cook and uh, Rob Barnhouse Barnhart, and. You know, it was Rob's very first time debating. And so you, you, you see some things that it's like, okay, it, it's because he's not used to being in a debate. He got emotional at one point. It's like that, that happens. I, I've done that in my mm-hmm. early debates. But this wasn't this guy's first debate. Yeah, it wasn't. And I think, I think it's, I think it's a little part of some confidence, overconfidence, arrogance there. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, you know, and I'm, this is me behind. I'm listening to you guys interact, right? And I'm getting, cause the whole idea of the gospel truth is to put a presentation out there to make sure that this presentation is good, that it's God glorifying and it's good. You know what I mean? So when I invite people on, I expect them to be prepared. You know, so I'm behind, I'm listening to you guys interact, and I'm just like rolling my eyes, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, you know what I mean? Because this is something, this is a Christian platform, and with everything with, with a Christian platform, I want this platform to be on point. And whenever people come on and they don't do they don't do what I expect, you know, it's irritating, it's frustrating. It, it, I mean, look, you, you're setting up a bunch of debates, a bunch of good debates, and they're, they're educational Yes. Debates are somewhat entertaining. Granted, there's there's that aspect. I mean that that son that's part of a debate. I understand, but you want it to be educational. 
You want sure. it to be informative. That's that's the purpose of a debate. Yeah. And you know what you end up seeing in this is that this wasn't a it just wasn't a good debate. I felt bad in the debate because I'm like, okay, granted he did lose the debate. I didn't. I, I jokingly said online this is really kind of interesting. I jokingly said online after we did the debate and you you aired it. I put the link and I said I actually didn't need to show up to the debate mm-hmm. to win. I mean. He he de- he de- demolished his own view in yeah. his opening, and his opening was only like three four minutes long, yeah. and he didn't even realize he did it. Um, but he did such, you know. And, and this is the this is the thing. It's not. I, I don't want this to come off as insulting to the guy. It's just that I watched him in a previous debate because you sent me a link to a previous debate he did. He's he has done a couple of them. I didn't know. I think you nailed it. In, and this was the same thing I thought. I think he was just so arrogant mm-hmm. in his they, argumentation because his argumentation was like, uh, I'm right. Yeah. I, I don't need to support it. And if you also notice, wow, he totally tried to undercut the format of the debate. Okay. Um, so why don't you explain person, that? Ex- explain yeah, that because. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay. I sent you and him a copy of the format, like the proposed format that we were going to do. And instead of following the format, he, you know, Why don't you explain to folks what the format was so that... Okay, so the format was 10-minute openings from both parties, and then we had about a 60-minute discussion, cross-examination discussion, 10 minutes per person for a total of 30 minutes each. And so what he did, instead of uh, cross-examining you and asking you questions, he took 20 minutes of his 30 minutes and did rebuttal, rebuttal rounds. You know, and I'm like, come on, man. You know, I know you don't believe what we believe. I know you don't respect us. I know you don't respect my show. I know you lack respect for Andrew. But, dude, don't come on here, you know, just disrespecting. It's like super disrespectful. You know, well, come yeah. and, and undercut a format of a host that invited you on his show. Okay, so let's – so – we do the opening, doesn't do the full opening. The mm-hmm. the the cross examination, you and I, I ended up sending you a text privately, just saying, yeah. "Okay, he's doing a rebuttal. What do you want me to? Should I do a rebuttal?" You were like, "Yeah, I guess do a rebuttal. We'll do rebuttal." And then you explained to him what a cross examination mm-hmm. is, which I think the way you did it was pretty gracious. You explained okay. to him, "Hey, yeah. this is what it is." And then he goes back into a rebuttal, and I lit- I'm like, "What do you want me to do?" Because I have all these questions I want him to answer. Yeah. To me, it and seemed like he I, just and, yeah, and that's why I jumped in, and I was like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a rebuttal round. We're gonna let you have a rebuttal. I'm gonna let Andrew have a rebuttal, and then we're gonna go into the rebuttal." <laughs> yeah, but he goes back to a, he goes back to a uh, rebuttal, and yeah. so I just started asking questions, and then the next round we did it across. But I I think you know to me. And this kind of plays into what you were saying with the arrogance thing. To me, it seemed as if he wanted a monologue. And that's and if that's what he wanted, if that's what he wanted, and he didn't want, if he wanted just a conversation between you two, you know what I mean, and just something where there's nobody interrupting, nothing of that nature. I think we both would have been like, okay, no problem, no problem. I mean, I would just let you guys talk for sixty minutes. Actually, I don't even think he wanted me to talk. Period. Yeah, he just wanted to filibuster the whole the whole thing. Yeah, because it's absolutely silly. Look, cross examination is probably one of the most important parts of any debate. Anytime you watch a debate, 
the cross-examination, it's where, it's where one person puts the screws to another person, essentially. Absolutely. Right. I mean, Absolutely. that's where it's like, I feel the pressure. I'm, you know, like, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to get in a cross-examination. Yeah. And so Absolutely. it was strange because it's like, there's no cross-examination. What are we going to do? Um, and that's the, I think that was the major, I think that was obviously the major frustrating. First, he shows up unprepared, apparently unprepared. Then his opening statement, you know, I'm not really tripping on the opening statement. You know, I sort of be kind of gracious when it comes to that. You know, if your opening statement is five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, go for it. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But the cherry on top of the Sunday is when he just undercut the whole format and just did two rebuttal rounds. You know, I just kind of like, man, this is not the desired way of doing things for this this platform because I really want people to learn the arguments of the atheistic position. You know, I want him to ask you questions so my audience can look at Andrew Rappaport and say, this is, as a believer, this is how I am to respond to an atheist when they make this particular argument. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, you didn't get the full amount of time to make those rebuttals because he chose to take two rounds and use that as a rebuttal for of your arguments. Well, I, just did that. I was actually okay with the one round of a rebuttal because I didn't mm-hmm. mind doing the rebuttal. I mean, it's hard to rebut his opening statement when it was so short, but yeah, yeah, the, the, actually the interesting thing, I, I'll give you this and, and people can play this, but as we play it, they can watch this and, and maybe you'll, you'll get the insight of my brain as I was thinking, but he did his opening and it was so short. I was actually sitting there going, wait a minute. Like, is he setting me up? Because I know he's done debates before. And there are people that play, do tactics in debates. And so yeah. you got just got to know that. So here's the thing I was actually thinking, because I was expecting whenever we debate this topic, I was all prepared on the slavery arguments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, I had all my arguments laid out. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, I got, I'm prepared to address slavery, the, the killing of, of the Canaanites and all that. Like, there's answers to these things mm-hmm. that the atheists don't like. And I'm like, okay, I'll be ready to give the answers because that's going to be, he's going to make this moral argument, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's like once he does that, he's trapped because yeah. I, I'm going to do presuppositional apologetics. Sure. But, I, I did the pre-sup anyway because yeah, <laughs> he, right. he's making claims yeah. <laughs> for yeah. his worldview. And it's like, whoops, no, you can't. You yeah. just lost. You don't have a foundation for it, brother. Yeah. You don't but have it, a foundation for it. Can't do it. Yeah. But he was just like, I mean, yeah. it was like, he's like just going, well, science is better than than religion. And I'm like, uh, yeah. apples and oranges, you don't like, yeah, he, I, as a Christian, I can do science. Yeah, if, he can, if I can make a statement real quick. He said, it was one thing he said in the rebuttal round. I wrote it down. He says that any idea that we can gather, anytime we can gather ideas is going to be better, than, more superior than Christianity. In other words, he was saying that, and the way I took it was that he said that if you're a Christian, you're just taking the faith as, for, as, as it is. You're not analyzing it. There's no analyzing in the Christian faith. You know, and I kind of took that like, what? What are you talking about? You know, he's undermining the intellectual aspect of the Christian faith. You know, and I think that is once again ridiculous, and that just shows that he doesn't understand the, the construct of the Christian faith. You know what I mean? So, you know, my response would be like, you know, he's assuming that the Christian doesn't analyze. He's also assuming that his standard of truth, that he has a standard of truth, that he 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 has a foundation upon which his standard of truth is on. And we know that the atheistic position that just simply is not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this is this is what I thought. Same thing you just said. He just he made his claim, 
and then mm-hmm. was begging the question. Sure. Um, sure. Let me bring, let's see, this is a Lokio brought you into discussion here. Although I hear a baby crying in the background. I don't know if you have anything you wanted to add before we play the debate. Oh, uh, sorry. I, I didn't know this was, uh, <laughs> this was uh, uh, just on right away. Uh, I'd have to argue the, um, the whole claim that uh, Christianity would be intellectually supported in a sense. I mean, well, hmm. uh, for, first off, uh, you have the Bible, right? Okay, you, you read the Bible, you read through the Bible, you find conflicts from gospel to gospel. That, okay, then you hold, have hold to it, choose. Hold it, hold it. We got, we got to stop right there. Don't take seriously. Hold on, because hold on, hold on. The gospel is contradicting each other. Means hold, you have hold, to, you can't take them all seriously. Look, 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 look out, look out. Compare that to Luke-el. history and find that hello, look Conflicts with history too. Look out, look out. Are you? Can you hear me? Oh uh, yes. Okay. Um, so let me let me explain something to you. You, you talk about the different things of, of in the gospels and you're saying that proves that the that the bible can't be true it has it, you you kind of indicate that you think it has contradictions do you realize that if it didn't have different accounts of similar stories it would not be eyewitness testimony it would be manufactured oh, that's the thing it's so, not so, eyewitness ho, ho, testimony. I, hold on let me let As a matter of fact john uh so, matthew mark look look honorary out. namings look look out hold on there, there hold is on. no Eyewitness testimony. Okay, look out. All hundreds of years after Jesus' birth. Okay, look out. And I mean, his supposed death. Look out. Years after. Look out. No eyewitness testimony. Look out. Look out. Are you there? Oh, yes. Okay. So, so let's try to break this down. So, um, have you, have you watched the, um, have you watched any of the Democrat National Committee debates? Um, um. Okay. Let's say. Let's say you didn't. Well, so, back ago. So. So let's say you watched recently. Let, let's say you watched one. Do you think that the New York Times reported on the debates? I mean, is this uh, kind of a simple question? Yeah. The The New York Times did report on the debates, right? They're going to do that. They're a news agency, right? Um, I, I, I forget which news agency. The, the point is, is the New York Times. <laughs> yeah, the New York Times is going to report on the debates. Same with the the New York Post and the Boston Times and the San Francisco Times and the Washington Post. They're all going to report on the debate, correct? Well, I suppose so. But okay, uh, so so here's the thing. Now let's let's compare them. Out. Let's compare them. There's similarities in all of the reporting, aren't there? Yeah. There's differences in all of the reportings, aren't there? Yeah, but we have And they all them. saw the no same thing. Jesus ever existed. The, uh, <laughs> As a matter of fact, we have proof that he didn't. Okay, so so here's the thing. So so I mean Christianity isn't even original. I mean Okay, so hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look out, Let let's see I, I see what you're doing. You throw out a bunch of claims, none of which you oh, even try to support. So, so, so let's let's witness we, we, eyewitness account. Okay, of Jesus. Okay, and we'll go from there. Okay, sure. We could. You want one eyewitness account? We'll go with. Uh, we can go with Peter. 
we can no, no, something oh. outside of the Bible. Oh, okay. Someone outside so, of the Bible because the Bible's honorary. It's completely see, honorary. Now this is the whole thing. So so you know, so here's the thing. You want to set up. So how about Ju- the Jewish writers of the Talmud? They're they're not they're not Christians. The Jewish writers of the Talmud. Uh, and and yet the yet if you listen to my rap if you listen to my rap report daily podcast that I put out I think today or it's the one for tomorrow, I talk about this very question. Because people make the claim Jesus never existed. Even Bart Ehrman, who's not a Christian, looks to argue against Christianity. That's when called he, an appeal to authority. He, well, the point being is, the point being is here's, here's an expert in his field. So you can look at the, the Roman historians, you can look at the writers of the, of the Bible, because you wanted eyewitnesses, that's what that is, yeah, and you could you could re- taking him out of context. You, you actually no. Say that a you character get, uh, who inspired the character of Jesus. You got to get going. Does not support the claim. Okay. that any biblical biblically compatible version of Jesus ever existed in a okay. historical context, which is precisely so, what is proven to be here, here's um, the thing. falsified. Now, no now, here's the thing. You've asked for evidence. No version of Jesus L- ever existed okay, in a LaCalle. historical context. Lacal, you asked for evidence. You have the Bible. You want to reject that. You have Josephus. You want to reject that. You have the Jewish writers of the Talmud. Now you're going to reject that. So, so, Lakel, let's hold Josephus. You brought up Josephus. Hey, hold on, hold on, Lakel, Lakel, Okay, we'll, we're putting him in the back room for till we can till he can calm down. All right. <laughs> He's so, not listening. Just yeah. Rambling, so, and he's not listening. This yeah. is almost like Steve. He just wants to ramble and not actually have a discussion. And do you, do you guys hear the superiority that he has? He just thinks yeah. he's right because he makes a claim. This is how support works. He mm. says there's no eyewitnesses. I give him eyewitnesses. He then just says, no, that doesn't count. So I give him other eyewitnesses that don't fit. He wants it out of the Bible. Okay, here's some that are outside the Bible. Mm. Okay? This is how this this works. And you, you support a claim. Here's why I give him the Talmud. And, and Marlon, I know you got, you're going to have yeah. to get going because you got an important soccer game. But yeah. I'll wrap this up. We'll say goodbye to you. We'll bring him in. We'll play the debate. So okay. here's, here's the way this works. The writers of the Talmud responded to Christ in the time of Christ. They even respond to the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. Okay? So... What they want to do, and what you're going to hear him do, is go. Oh, you mentioned Josephus. Let me let me throw that historical evidence out. So, no matter what you give a person like this, and we're gonna we'll bring him back in. We'll watch him do this. No matter what evidence he has, he will throw out the evidence because he starts with a conclusion. This is what's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is when you only accept evidence that supports your conclusion. And, and that's what you're going to see with him quickly. Because even Bart Ehrman, who's not a Christian, doesn't try to, he tries to discredit Christianity, but writes a book saying that, that Jesus be, was never claimed to be God, but the disciples made him God in later writings. He even says that it is absolute foolishness to say there was no evidence for a historical Jesus. Now he's yeah. going to say it was a different type of Jesus. We could debate that as well. But the reality is, to make a claim there's no evidence is what is when people throw out all evidence. So, yeah, Marlon, yeah. Before, I'll let you get the last word before you got to go. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at the Roman Tacitus, you know, you look at it, there's evidence out there that shows that Jesus Christ is actually a living historical person. So, and it takes an extreme level of skepticism to reject the historicity of Christ. I mean, a, a, a level of skepticism that would... <laughs> That even learned historians don't don't hold on hold on to you know so yeah it's um it's unfortunate that he uh that he has that view and you know all we can do is just pray for him and continue to preach the gospel and tell people about the love of Christ you know all right so real quick before you go talk about your show what what do you got coming on then I'll bring Luke Hell back in for right, a bit so, before we play the video you know, if you guys got a chance man go over to the Gospel Truth on YouTube I mean, on Facebook you know uh, search my name you Gospel Truth Marla Wilson you know check it out uh, please like follow subscribe I got a whole bunch of debates actually tomorrow at six p.m. Pacific Standard Time I will be debating. I'll be debating Andrew Griffin, and we'll be debating did Jesus need to be God in order to atone for sins. But after that, we got a whole bunch of shows. I mean, a whole slew of shows all the way up to December, the end of December. So stay on the lookout. Please like and follow, share, subscribe, the whole nine. May God be glorified in this platform. And Andrew Rappaport, God bless you and your ministry. Keep doing your thing. So, hey, go, you got to get to a soccer game. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we'll bring Lukel back in. All right. And catch you later, man. Be catching on Gospel Truth. All right, for sure. Okay, Lukel. So let's see if we can walk through a couple things before we we play this debate and see how that goes. But so you made some claims. Uh, Let me first ask, what, what kind of eyewitness testimony would you accept? Now, let me preface this. I want to know if you know who Jay, he goes by uh, Jay Warner Wallace in his writings, but Jim Wallace, have you read his book Cold Case Christianity? Um, in all honesty, no, I haven't. Okay, but, uh, so, I've read uh, many other works. As okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. If we're it, the, we get it back and forth, so when I ask a question, it's like it's not just taken jump off on something else. So, so let me let me ask, let me explain who he is and why I want you to get that book. Okay, Jim Wallace is a cold case detective, 20 years on the job. Uh, his expertise is eyewitness testimony. He actually was reading the Gospels to try to disprove the Gospels. The same claim you're making, he wanted to prove, that it wasn't good eyewitness testimony being an expert in the field, actually one of the leading experts. Uh, he's been on Dateline and all this for his cold cases that he's done in L.A. He goes through in that book and explains that what convinced him that the Bible was accurate was that it fits every case for what expert eyewitness testimony should look like. The things you say proves it's wrong, like the differences, is exactly what you need in eyewitness testimony. I even gave you an example from today. If you were to look in any newspaper to any event that all the reporters were eyewitnesses to, they're going to talk about the, some differences and they're going to have similarities. It doesn't mean that it, the, the, the false narrative that is portrayed is that all the Gospels had to come from one source. Now, Really quick, you mentioned that this comes from earlier religions. Uh, have I you seen? You really want to be the one to do all the talking here. Well, what's with that? I mean, well, I'm trying to answer all the things you did. You, rapid fire, throwing act, things out. I'm supporting act them. as if you have all the answers, and then cut me off. Put me in. I mean, you well, claimed I was. Well, actually, um, I seem to be the one with answers I here and supporting claims. And needed to calm down. So. <laughs> I think what, that was you. That's that? why you were put in the back 
back back room for yes, a bit. Because so, you wanted to silence me because it didn't fit your narrative. It, it's dude, this isn't it, dude. The way the, the, a professional the, debates. This is the well, way. Well, this this right here. If you want to, if you would like to debate me, we set up a time and debate it. This is this is not. We, we didn't set up a debate. So if you expect that you came in debating me, well, then you came in thinking you were going to surprise me, son. You started maybe Are with you an aware opening of in, the forgeries and interpolations with so, the Josephus account that have been proven? Yeah, so... Or are you just going to push those under a rug and uh, try to just drag yeah. everyone along with your cult beliefs? Okay, so so here's the thing. You ask for evidence, and every piece of evidence you're trying to reject, Why don't? You, what about the Talmud? You're going to reject that. Uh, look, when it, when it comes to the Talmud... Um, you haven't read it, have you? You, you know why I bring the Talmud up? Because your atheist blogs don't have an answer to that because they don't think through those things. Okay? Because they, they come up with your canned Admittedly, answers because that's what I'm you're giving out. I'm rusty over these things. So, I have so, read over that uh, at one point or another. So have you, somewhere along the lines. I forgot. Have you watched the movie um, Zeitgeist? Remember when I said I was a student to Acharya Sanning? Have you watched the movie Zeitgeist? I'm, I'm asking. Are you aware that Acharya Sanning was in that movie? Okay. So I'm going to ask it again because I want to see if we can get an answer. Uh, I mean, I ask simple questions like, I ask simple questions like, does the New York Times report on the debates? And you can't even answer that. So Yes, I have seen Zeitgeist, and I've also read thoroughly the Zeitgeist source book. Good, good. That's great. No, that's great. That's great. You haven't read the Zeitgeist source book. Actually, that's not true. You don't know what I've read. I did read it, and I read... Have you read the Zeitgeist source book? Yeah. And so, who authored it? So, now let's deal with... I don't remember the author. I'm sorry. I could go Google it if I needed to. So, here's the question. The claim that it's based on an earlier work. Now... The, the all the the one thing throughout the Zeitgeist movie and from the book is the similarity that you see is that Jesus is born on December twenty fifth. Everything right? is backed up in the Zeitgeist sort. Uh, Zeitgeist. Just uh, answer a question. Just answer a simple question. And it is written by you, you, e. M. Murdoch, a okay. Stanning. So you studied it, but you can't even answer a simple question. What I'm saying so, is if you're asking questions about it to try and discredit it, then you haven't read Well, no. Right. See, that's, that's the difference. You're, you came into... To dude, you, you need to calm down. Okay. Enough to understand that it contradicts... Okay, we'll put him back in the background so that I could explain why I'm asking him the questions. Then we'll ask him. He came in in debate mode. He's... I guess really the one that needs to calm down because here's the simple thing. He's going to claim to be an expert on something. He can't answer a simple question. Was the zeitgeist movie. There's two elements that you're going to see throughout that movie and its source materials. There's two elements that they use to say that all of these ancient Egyptian, uh, claims of deity, all these religions are tying together to Christianity. One, the, the birth date of December 25th to the term son, S U N and S O N. Now we're going to ask him, he's watched these. He's said he's an expert on these. He studies this. Can he confirm that those two are mentioned? I'm not trying to discredit this movie and its source material. I'm asking a simple question. So let's bring him back in. So do all is the one connection that you see with all of them, December 25th, and the reference to sun. The thing is, you're taking that out of context. And once again, 
I didn't put it in a context. Of being excited. I, I didn't. Hold on. Me I need to calm down. Okay. We're going to put him back into We're going to see if he can actually answer simple questions. I'll ask the question again. We're going to, I'm going to ask you guys to tell me if, if you think he answers. Um, the question is very simple. It's not a discrediting. It's not taking out of context. I'm not providing any context here. The question is, do, does this movie that he says he studied, do they make a reference with all of these arguments to December 25th and the name Sun? So I'll try it again. It's very simple. There's yes, no context. They do, but if you read the source book, you'll find that the, uh, the Zeitgeist movie summarized what the source book contains the rest of the information on. Okay. It's, so it's easy to take out of context. Yeah. You're doing that. And you're clearly showing you how I'm, I'm not doing, book. I'm not doing any of that. All you I did was I, because the source book, Just uh, no, it. because if you actually you even name the author, dude, I look behind me. I you're read a ton a of books. Oh, I'm a liar. So dude, you can prove that you're a Christian. Yeah. You're a Christian. Okay, you, you're obviously dude. I can't uh, mention. Uh, see, this is the, the problem with you. You, you come in professional. You don't lying. Okay. You, first off, down to. What's, what's your real name? My real name. Yeah. Don't be a liar. <laughs> don't lie about your name. Be a man and kind of show who you are. Put your face on camera. I don't have my camera hooked With, up. Right and you now. don't have a name, huh? Mm. Um, okay, so here's the thing. So, so let's let's put it really I simple, Locale. Lo- Lo- Locale, let me let me make it really simple for you. Maybe no Christian. You no, no, listen, listen, life. listen. No Christian. No Christian. That means no Christian believes Jesus was born on on December 29th. Or 25th. No one. Everybody knows that was not his birthday. So that right there is what discredits your, the whole source book. Now, the, what you end up seeing is the argument for son. Come back and be honest. When you have, when you look at the word S-U-N and S-O-N, that only works in English, not in Egyptian. Ra is the name for one. So you, you have an English argument. So you felt fallen prey and are deceived by, by a false system. Yes. Because you're believing a whole bunch of arguments. The inference it's astro theological. Do you know what the word astro theological means? Uh, Let's see. Astronomy could be, I mean, it could be a lot of things with the way you you define things. Astro theological is, theology means then you definitely haven't read the source book yeah. that is covered so much times it just beats that dead you just don't you don't even get it okay about reading the source book astro theology is the study so, of uh, astro theology is the study of uh, okay, so now we just proved, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we just proved he, by his own definition, okay. did not read the source material. As I love it. No, no, you just proved it. You just proved it. Were inspired you, to write so, so you don't know the definition. You said that, that I'm a liar. So, Locale, you just proved that you're a liar. That's wonderful. I love it. Thank you. That's, you know, so, so. What are you saying? Well, if, if your claim, your claim. Not mine. Your claim was that I lied because I don't know the author because I've read hundreds of books. I, I've, I've probably read, no, no, if I look no, around, no, probably the, about 5,000 volumes. That you're lying. Okay. You're suspected of lying so, because you're an apologist. Apologist ah, to lie professionally. So, so, Secondly, so you wait, 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 wait. You so you, you poisoned the well. Lying when you did not know what astrotheology meant. 
Well, you didn't know either, but you didn't know either. Guys, if you're watching this, read the book. Yeah, read the book. So source book. Okay. okay. The Zeitgeist is horribly, uh, horribly done movie. It is, and and the source material that was based off of is the same poor argument, because when you take out context, so read the source book and it makes sense. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I would love. To, I would love to have a full debate with you online anytime. Truthbeknown.com. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. We just wanted to get in some promotion there, so we cut that out. So uh, John, I'll bring you in real quick before we play this debate. If Locale, who won't give his real name, if he wants to lie about his name, uh, would like to come in and have a discussion, he's going to have to have self control, and we could do that. We did want to have a. Post debate next week. If he wants to come in, come on in. Let's discuss it. Um, but uh, whoop, John disappeared. So, but we'll, I want to play through this debate that we had. And uh, Locale's going to have to learn how to have some self control in, in having one topic. We, he just throws a whole bunch out. Uh, but to to say that I'm a liar just because I'm a Christian apologist. Folks, this is what we deal with. This is the, the level of intellectual discussion that we have to deal with um, because that just is called poisoning the well. It's a logical fallacy which right there negates his argument. He probably doesn't study logic too much. So uh, if folks want to come in, discuss the debate, come on in. Uh, I'm going to play through this debate. We may just play the whole thing because time is now short. Um, so let us let me bring this up and uh, make sure that you guys will be able to hear this. And so the goal of this is to help you guys to see how this debate went, how to, how to be able to respond to some of this stuff, because what you end up seeing in this debate that, that we have is you're going to see, um, as, as we started saying earlier on with this, he's, he is going to, um, be trying to make an argument that is much like Lakel here. He just argues from I'm right because I say I'm right. It's, it's an arrogant position, uh, unfortunately, that you're going to end up hearing. Uh, so I want you guys to, to give a listen. We'll play this. So let me move myself out. And here we go. Um, Okay, Uh, so basically my position is that if we're going to make the best decisions about how to further human existence and human happiness, um, it's better to look at facts in like an objective light or an objective manner. So it's really important that we are taking a truthful look at the world around us. And when it comes to spirituality, it seems like it's really hard to justify any type of supernatural claims uh, about existence or what happens after existence or anything like that. So uh, my, my, my affirmative for secular humanism I guess is is basically just um, is basically just an appeal to making sure that when we're doing investigations of the world around us, we're like looking into what are the most fact based positions so that we can make the best decisions possible to make people's lives better. And yeah. All right, all right. That is quick. What that two minutes? Two minutes, Steve. All right. <laughs> all right, Andrew, you got it, man. Um, you can go ahead, go for your. Okay, so. Let me just mention with this as, as we up oh, there's John back add John in John was sideways for a bit so John looks like he's driving in his car drive safely John hands on the wheel eyes on the road don't don't get in an accident 
Um, can't hear you. You're muted, though. Let's see if I can unmute you. Uh, no, I can't unmute you, so you're going to have to... Un- no, I just unmuted. Uh, I didn't want to cause a lot of background noise while you're talking. Yeah, so... so, so- and he, so there was his opening. It literally was two minutes. I, I, I was giving him a lot of grace saying three or four. It literally was two minutes long. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we could even put, maybe it's too quick. Let's, I'm going to play his opening again in case people missed it. Actually, it was less. It was, I think, a minute. Let's see. Let me back up. Okay, so we'll start exactly at 12. Let's play that opening, that again. Uh, secular humanism, superior to Christianity, you're arguing affirmative, so you go first with your opening statement. Um, okay, uh, so basically my position is that if we're going to make the best decisions about how to further human existence and human happiness, um, it's better to look at facts in like an objective light or an objective manner. So it's really important that we are taking a truthful look at the world around us. And when it comes to spirituality, it seems like it's really hard to justify any type of supernatural claims uh, about existence or what happens after existence or anything like that. So uh, my, my, my affirmative for secular humanism, I guess, is, is basically just um, is basically just an appeal to making sure that when we're doing investigations of the world around us, we're like looking into what are the most fact-based positions so that we can make the best decisions possible to make people's lives better. And yeah, so not even a full minute. Uh, he started at about tw- he's like forty second opening. <laughs> that was it. I <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, John. So th- this is why I thought it, it almost seemed like a like a setup. Like he didn't want. He, it, to me, what I was thinking at this moment was he didn't want to have anything for me to cross-examine him on because he didn't say anything yet, really. It, it, he, he made a claim that he never supported. Um, so Andrew's saying it was 45 seconds. So yeah, 40 to 45 second opening. Wow. So John, anything you wanted to add to that? I'm in a bad spot, so probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let me, uh, all right. I'm going to, let me make this. So he's a full size. Um, here's the thing. I want to play mine and I want to, you know, my opening. And there is an article that uh, anyone who, uh, that I'm going to reference and I can get the link for you. Uh, but I'm going to reference an article that becomes very important in this discussion. The reason being what you end up seeing is the argument that they end up having to argue for. They have to argue from a position of, you know, making a case for these, um, these discussions. They're, they're going to argue from, we have a will, we have this free will. And what you end up seeing is that you, I guess I should put myself back in while I had to talk. Uh, what you end up seeing is, that they cannot, from their worldview, have a will. And I reference one of their own that gives you case studies. This is the beautiful part. Gives case studies that show that every time they check to see where people believe in secular humanism, and they believe that it, in it properly, in other words, they believe there's no will, we are just products of chemical reactions, I had asked him if he believes that we're just products of chemical reactions. He said, yes, 
So that's how I responded because that was some questions I asked in email beforehand. And the reason why is because once he said yes, well, I'm going to give him case studies that show that every time you, you take people that don't believe in a free a will, they end up being worse. And, and I, I'll quote that. So let's look at my opening. So I, you're going to notice that I'm going to not just do as he did, make some claims going, I'm superior. Uh, I'm actually going to give support for the claims made. So let's play that. All right. All right. That is quick. What that? Two minutes? Two minutes, Steve? All right. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you got it, man. Um, you can go ahead, go for your opening Thank statement. Uh, Stephen, for, for having the, coming in to have this debate and for Marlon uh, for hosting it. Um, although that was a really short, short int- uh, opening, I might go a little bit longer. Um, basically, here's the thing that we're going to see that in this debate. Uh, it is interesting um, because right off the bat, we see the uh, talk about objectivity. Now, I asked for a definition of terms from Stephen, uh, terms of what is superior secular humanism, Christianity. So superior, just he's defined as better than secular humanism as uh, appreciation or love of humanity without the need of a higher power, Christianity, collection of beliefs inspired by the Bible. Uh, I asked him a question of, do, do we have a free will? He's... Uh, what it, are we just chemical entities, product of the brain? He said, nope, it's all just chemical, chemicals and causality, matey. So, um, so basically, I, I asked those questions for a reason uh, to see if there, if he believes in a free will. We'll get to that in a bit. But here's what you end up seeing is there, there's, we have to go to an objective standard. This debate is, is not, is secular humanism superior to Christianity to Stephen or others who agree with him? That's not the debate. No, Stevens. the the, the debate is the question of um, is secular humanism itself, by definition, better than Christianity? That's what Stevens going to have to prove, but he has to do it from an objective standard. And that's what's needed for this. Now, if we're just chemical reactions, there is no objective standard. You cannot appeal to an objective standard. Okay, hey, John, let me just ask you real quick. Can you hear? Can you hear it? Because I just Justin is saying he couldn't hear us. So are you able to uh, hear this? I can hear you now. Um, I was in a bad spot, so okay. So, um, folks, are you able to now. hear the debate? Uh, that'd be really bad if if people aren't hearing that. I think I think uh, from the responses, people were saying that they they were hearing it, but I heard the debate. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll the, keep. Then I'll keep playing. I heard the, the other guy first. Okay, um, but then I hit a really bad spot in my. Uh, okay, my yeah, no, no, Justin. So Justin said yours, he got it, so. so it was just it was just him. So let's go back to playing the debate with saying everything's just chemicals. So you first need to have a a standard to go by. Now, when we talk about the many things, I anticipate that he will bring up is he's probably going to bring up many things that are he's going to see in the Bible that are objectionable that he's going to have. Now, the issue there is by what standard is he appealing? He's going to have to have the argument that he can prove his worldview even exists without relying on, well, God. He's going to have to be able to prove that things like knowledge, laws of logic, truth, morality, concepts, you're hearing my voice. It is nothing but a vibration of air, but you understand the meanings of those words. If I suddenly start speaking Cantonese, I don't think many of you would understand that. 
You understand those concepts, but that's an immaterial thing. He's got the burden to prove that's a material thing because if there are immaterial entities, like I've mentioned, all these things he relies on, then the problem for him will be that his worldview itself relies on an immaterial source because material matter cannot produce immaterial things. Therefore, it needs an immaterial source. <clears throat> that immaterial source we'd refer to as God. And so, therefore, he would end up having a self-defeating worldview. Now, there's a reason I asked about free will. Um, I'm going to, I want to give a lengthy quote in my opening uh, from a article called There Is No Such Thing as Free Will by Stephen Cave. Why do I quote this? Because this is someone who would agree with Stephen's argument from his positions, but it also ends up revealing that he, that the claims he's going to make against Christianity probably we'll, we'll see actually make a worse claim when we read this article about his. So here, here's a lengthy quote. In 2002, two psychologists had a simple but brilliant idea. Instead of speculating about what might be if people lost belief in their capacity to choose, they could run an experiment to find out. So, uh, Kayleen uh, Voss, from, uh, then at the University of Utah, and Jonathan Schooler of the University of Pittsburgh, asked one group of participants to read a passage arguing that free will was an illusion, and the other group to read a passage that it was, new, that it was neutral on the topic. Then they subjected the members of each group to a variety of temptations and based their behavior based on their behavior would would the differences of abstract physical philosophical beliefs influence people's decisions yes indeed when asked to take a math test with cheating made easy the group primed to see free will as illusionary proved more likely to to peek at the answers when given the opportunity to steal to take more money than they were due from an envelope of $1 coins, those that believed in free will had more, had been more, uh, sorry, had been more determined to pilfer um, on a range of measures. Voss told me she and Schooner found that, quote, people who are induced to believe less in free will are more likely to behave in immorality, unquote. If that seems that people stop believing, uh, it seems that when people stop believing we are free agents, they stop seeing themselves as blameworthy for their actions. Consequently, their actions uh, uh, the, they act less responsible and give in to their baser instincts. Voss emphasized that this result is not limited to the conceived conditions of their lab experiment. Quote, you see the same effects with people who naturally believe more or less in free will. Unquote, she said. Another study, for instance, Voss and her colleagues measured the extent to which a group of day laborers believing believed in free will then examined their performance on the job by looking at their supervisor's ratings. Those who believed strongly that they were in control of their own actions showed up for work on time, were more frequent frequently the uh, more uh, showed up on time more frequently and were rated high, uh, rated by their supervisors as more capable. In fact, belief in free will turned out to be a better 
project projection of job performance than then the established measurement such as self self professed work ethic. Further, studies by Blomster uh, uh, and colleagues have linked the diminished belief in free will to stress sense of life's meaning. Earlier this year, the researchers published a study showing that a weaker belief in free will correlates with poor academic performance. The list goes on. Believing that free will is an illusion has been shown to make people less creative and more likely to conform, less willing to learn from their mistakes and less grateful toward one another. In every regard, it seems that when we embrace determinism we indulge in the dark side so that's a lengthy quote but their conclusion was the concluded the article was making the point we have to pretend like there's a free will now he's going to have to show how when we're just chemical reactions all of the research that's been done is wrong that would be my closing all right so what you have there is my uh my part there was uh let's see that's minute 20 so i was Maybe a little bit over my 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I actually did ask if we could have longer openings. And so since I think he went short, I was given a little bit more time maybe. Um, so someone's asking me for the links to those. I will get those. Uh, well, I want to play his rebuttal first. And now remind, I want to remind you guys, this was supposed to be a 10-minute cross-examination. And it wasn't exactly that. But I want to play it in its entirety. And... Uh, and then I'll get you the links to some of those things um, because I got to I got to dig them up real quick. So let's continue playing. Oh, John, go ahead. I was going to say I, he doesn't even know what a cross examination was. <laughs> of course, our, our friend Locale says There's a pretty good chance those studies were skewed. Um, that's called confirmation bias <laughs> again. Um, you know, he that that's the whole thing. That, that's what you end up seeing with with guys that that are. Uh, atheists or profess to be they they just don't want to accept that you know any evidence that doesn't support their conclusion um so let me give you the uh I'm trying to f- find it real quick uh i gotta look for where my debate notes were i should have brought those up from earlier so let, let me do this let me let me um Oh, I know where they were. They were in Google. That's why. So let me play the rest of this. Uh, Andrew, did you have anything else that you wanted to add at this point? Or should I just move forward with it? Uh, me? Yeah. Just to say that I missed the first uh, minutes of what's on YouTube because you went dead. Oh, okay. But uh, you went back to sound, so then I found my way into here and I wrestled to get in. So it wasn't hmm. easy, but I got my way in. Okay, well, I will have to, maybe what I could do for the podcast version, I'll just drop this, uh, drop it in in there. Uh, so I'll do that. So let's go back to this. I'll get those links while we play his rebuttal. So here we go. My opening. All right, thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you for Steve. Thank you also, Steve, for your opening statements. All right, at this time, we'll be going to our cross-examination portion of the debate. Uh, all I ask is that we uh, speak clearly and that we're able to give each other the proper responses and um, clear, concise questions. Um, with that said, Steve, you have the first 10 minutes of your cross-examination of Andrew. Um, okay, so I'm just going to run down, I guess, the stuff you wrote down, and I'll respond one at a time. 
So the first issue we're, we're talking about related to determinism, uh, we made a statement, if we're all just chemical reactions and there's no objective standard. Um, I would say this is a non sequitur. Even if we are all just chemical reactions, there could still be objective standards. So for instance, if I roll a rock down a hill, there are objective standards by which I can measure, say, the harm caused by the rock on the way from the top to the bottom of the hill. I don't need there to be um, any type of free will or any type of whatever um, of the rock to just have an objective standard by which to measure things. So I, so I reject that idea that if we are all just chemical reactions, we can't have some objective standard by which to measure things. I think we absolutely can. Um, the second thing, um, the idea about like proving the laws of logic, uh, this is a really common kind of like presuppositionalist talking point. Um, it's obvious I can't prove the laws of logic. I, like I would argue that these are things that just appear to be granted a priori to us. I can't really explain how they exist or why they exist. But when we get this fundamental or this foundational in our thought, you run into a lot of the same problems. So if I ask, uh, if you ask me, well, can you prove, you know, the laws of identity or non-contradiction? Then I would say, well, no, I just kind of assume they're real. And you say, aha, well, now your worldview is unjustified. I'll ask you, okay, well, how do you know they're real? You say, well, because God tells me. I'll say, well, how do you know that God is telling us? Well, I just know because divine revelation. Okay, so I call it a priori. You call it divine revelation. At the end of the day, we're in the same boat. The difference is I don't make any supernatural claims with my laws of logic. You do make a lot of supernatural claims. Maybe not you generally, but or you specifically, but generally a religious person does make a lot of supernatural claims with where they get their a priori uh, revelations from. So I, I prefer the simpler ones to the more complicated ones. Um, we talk about immaterial things. Uh, I, you say concepts are immaterial things. I, I guess um, I disagree with that. I, I would argue that concepts don't really exist um, other than ideas in a human mind. So, for instance, if I have a concept of a chair, if all of humanity is wiped out, that concept of a chair disappears uh, because a chair is only a concept insofar as it's some uh, collection of neurons that fire in people's brains when they bring up the concept of a chair. It's not something that exists in an immaterial fashion that people draw from or kind of information from. It's just a, a kind of a shared language thing where we all talk to each other. We create these universal concepts. Concepts and we kind of agree about them. Um, even if I did, I, I would never grant that that concepts are immaterial things that exist. But even if I did grant that, just because concepts were immaterial doesn't necessitate a free God as well. There are, or doesn't necessitate a Christian God or any type of God. Actually, there are a multitude of, of immaterial worlds that we could imagine where these concepts come from, and plenty of these don't require any sort of God-like figure at all. It could be aliens. It could be the Matrix. There's a trillion different ways. Um, and the challenge for you there is always going to be um, for, for what I ask is how do you get information about said immaterial world? Um, because the only way you're going to be able to do it is from material sources. So things like the Bible or a, a priest speaking to you, um, which are all things that have their own problems when it comes to verifying the validity of them. And, and then obviously the questions of how do they access this, these immaterial truths? Um, we, we talked about a bunch of experiments um, where people that ha that are shown to have less free will are less likely to be moral. I, obviously, I, I wouldn't contest the results of any of these, and um, in, in the Western world especially, I mean, we talk about free will a lot. It's a really important thing um, for, for a lot of people, so it wouldn't surprise me that if you told them, like, hey, by the way, um, you know, free will maybe isn't really the way that you think it is, that people kind of like give up a lot um, in, in terms of how they view the world. I mean, it's kind of similar to when every Christian that's made a journey to being an atheist has had a period in their lives where it feels like nothing matters because I've lost my religion and I don't have a way to evaluate what's good or bad or anything. But, I mean, you get over it after a time and you learn that there are plenty of other ways that you can determine what is right or wrong. You don't need religion to do it. I imagine if you take free will away from people that you could probably walk them down the same path where, you know, initially they're like, oh, well, if I have no free will, I should just be evil anyway. 
and then you realize, okay, well, hold on. If everybody acted this way, life would be pretty miserable and pretty horrible. Well, okay, even if I don't have free will, we can still act as though we do because humans engage with topics emotionally, not just intellectually. Hey, Steve, and, uh, yeah, is, do, you, do you want, do you want a, a rebuttal portion? Because it seems like you're doing a rebuttal instead of a cross-examination. Do you want, uh, if you want, we can add the rebuttal portion and then transition and take maybe 10 minutes off of the the cross-examination portion or 20 minutes off the cross-examination portion and just give you an answer 10 minutes of rebuttal time. Um, Would that that sound better? Um, Yeah, if you want to do that, yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah. Okay, so what what you ended up hearing with that was the, um, you know, he's he was just explained once uh, that, you know, he should not be he should be doing cross-examination. Okay. So now Marlon, I think was, was being generous with that and just said, okay, I'll let Andrew do a rebuttal. And then we go back to cross-examination. That's going to be important in later because later he's going to go right back to rebuttal. Um, so, so, uh, Andrew, Andrew, who's here, any, any comments you had on, on his rebuttal? Uh, oh, I'm, here. I only missed, I got a tail end of it, so okay. I have nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'm ba- trying to take on Lockheel in the in the comments here. Oh yeah, I wouldn't um, even bother. Lockheel is, is, I mean, he's he's just like he want he he says that the reason so folks know what's what's going on in the private chat. He's saying the reason I didn't read the full article, um, which is about I think it, I think when I printed it, it, it was like. Uh, seventh 10 pages long uh the reason he says i didn't read the whole thing is because you know there's all the evidence that i didn't read that supports his false narrative um no the reason i didn't read it is because i had 10 minutes and we agreed that i could go up to 15 minutes like there's a thing in in debates where you have a time clock and you have to finish within time and so i was trying to fit within time i read the articles but for anyone who wants, I did put the link out uh, for the article, and you could just go search the article. Just put in quotes. It was the first one that came up. Quote, there's no such thing as free will, unquote. Put it in Google. First one that comes up. It was written by, um, uh, let's see. Let me get the name of the gentleman by Stephen Cave. So, just go get the article. It comes up from The Atlantic. You can read it yourself. Okay? I read his conclusion. I wouldn't... I mean, Lakel, Lakeel, whatever... We don't know what his real name is. Um, he's not dealing in reality. Um, he, he's just, you know... He he's <laughs> claims I'm a liar, but he can't actually prove it. He claims, you know, just because he starts with that conclusion. He, he He's just working off of his conclusions. Um... So, all right, let's, let's, anyway, I was just going to, I was just trying to say that uh, there's, there actually are in the Greco Roman evidences, and I've read this in John Dixon's book, uh, Spectators Go Out to Jesus. There are actually 14 references in the non Greco Roman books of Jesus. Of Jesus. Yeah. Specifically. So yeah. I was just going to add that. I, I forgot. Uh, there's a site that I, uh, I don't think it's on Karm. I think it, uh, I think it's actually from, cold case Christianity that he lists, I think 14 different extra biblical writings that refer to Christ written at that, at those, 
within that time frame. So hmm. he, he, I mean, but but all he's going to do is look to discredit one after another. That's that's what. Of course, of course. But I was going to throw that one in the ring just in case. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe if Lokil wants to come in and you know, and next week we could actually set up a, an actual topic for debate and see if how he could do. We could maybe do that, but um, you know. It, that would be kind of, I don't know if it'd be entertaining or frustrating for folks. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he can, if he would be able to stay on, to, on topic, but all right, let's, uh, let me see. Yeah. Let's see what my rebuttal was for this. Yeah. Cause it seems like you're rebutting what he's saying. So I'll give after, after you're done, I'll give Andrew the, um, the 10 minutes to rebut as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm done. That's all I have. I thought, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, like I, I was, I was going to say, Marlon, like you interrupted the. Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you want me to do? Yeah, you got it. So let me put. Let me just put my clock back on for ten minute rebuttal. Okay. All right. So what what we you've seen so far in this is Stephen has yet to actually address the main issue of this debate. Is secular humanism superior to Christianity? He has yet to even attempt to do this. Now, can I prove the laws of logic are not products of the human brain, not something that was discovered by people? Yes, I can very easily. Uh, you could take the second law of logic, which is a law of non-contradiction. You can't have A and not A in the same time in the same way. Let's apply it to before there were any human beings. Before there was even a universe, could the universe have existed and not existed at the same time and the same way? Well, you either have to say yes, and therefore you have contradictions, and I can say whatever I want, and it doesn't matter because in your world, contradictions exist. Or you have to say that no, the laws of logic apply and therefore are not the product of a human brain. Uh, can we measure a rock objectively rolling? No. You cannot do that in a sub- believing in subjectivity. When you, be- when you believe that it's just chemical reactions, if you're going to, the only way to measure the rock rolling is to have the same standard. If he's using the metric system and I'm using a, the, a system of, uh, you know, the, in America, guess what? We have a problem, right? So you're not going to get the same measurement because you're using a different standard. So if someone makes up a standard back years ago, they used to call a foot you know, the length of the king's foot or, you know, a cubit was the, the length of the forearm. That's not an accurate way to measure. So they needed an objective way to get consistent things. So there, it does have to be objective. Um, he says concepts are th- something that... Okay, I just wanted to stop it at this moment to show. Do you, do you know, did you guys see what... Look at, let, let me back it up. Look at his face in this... In this it, this is why we were saying it, it doesn't look like he even wants to be here. Look, look at his face when we play this. You know, the He's like rubbing his face. His foot or, you know, a cubit was the, the length of the forearm. That's not an accurate way to measure. So they needed an objective way to get consistent things. So there, it does have to be objective. Now, I mean, just look at that. He's, he's got his hand completely over his face. Like, oh, what am I doing here? I don't know how to answer these things. It, it, like, uh, uh, he, he did not seem like he even wanted to be in this debate. I don't know. Here we go. Um, he says concepts are th- something that he thinks could be in the brain. Uh, the issue there is the fact that I'm saying words, he's understanding them, he's saying words, I understand them. That is something that is, we're both understanding the concepts. So that is, then that's an immaterial thing. Uh, however, um, when he talks about the, 
you know, he can imagine a world where these things could exist. There, that's true. You could imagine a world like that. It's called a fairy tale. And that's what the world that I believe people that are human secularists believe in. They live in a fairy tale. They believe in a magical bang that exploded from nothing, but then nothing was actually something exploded into everything. It defies all the laws that we actually have, and that's why they have to say that, some, that nothing was actually something. Uh, it's now been ma- mathematically shown that it wasn't a singularity, but multiple singularities. So they keep having to adjust the, their definitions for things. Uh, but the reality is, is that he has not shown yet that secular humanism in any way whatsoever is superior to Christianity. Okay. Uh, my rebuttal? Uh, yeah, I guess now as a cross-examination force or so, we can go... Okay, now, now notice he has to say, okay, this is now... Cro- he says, now my rebuttal. Now my rebuttal. Um, no, it's your cross-examination time. <laughs> it was your, it's your time for your cross. <laughs> He's like, is it my rebuttal? No, it's your cross... <laughs> because he still doesn't get it. Here we go. Ask each other questions. <laughs> that would be real cool. So, yeah, uh, Steve, you got it. Go ahead. And See, Marlon did it well. He's trying to okay, be respectful sure. uh, there. Let me just run down these responses real quick. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I would ever So he goes to back to rebuttal. I don't think I would need to justify secular humanism directly. Um, rather, what I would appeal to is the idea that um, if I want to make a good decision about any given environment, it's typically better to collect and analyze the information as best as possible. So using whatever objective standards that I can use to measure like a particular thing. So if I have somebody that wants to use a fantastical measurement system or something that is drawing on concepts that nobody can verify, it seems like it would be very hard to make an accurate decision on how to deal with um, any given problem. Um, So for example, let's say we have a sick person and one person wants to weigh, say, medical data, biological sciences, sociological data, income to to figure out what's the best outcome for this person. And another person wants to draw on immaterial concepts like, well, if we say prayers for them, they'll feel better. Um, It's very hard to make for that other person to make an accurate assessment of of what is the best path forward for the other person, for for the actual sick person. So I usually appeal to things that are um, somewhat like... uh, physically verifiable um, in order to say, well, these are the best decisions we can make. So when we talk about, or if I were to talk about secular humanism versus um, Christianity, I would say, well, any type of secular ideology is going to be superior to a Christian one, um, because anytime we can gather and and analyze information in a more objective manner, it's going to be superior to somebody that's kind of inventing a story in order to give us prescriptive statements that may or may not be good, but we can't really hold these to any type of objective standard because they're coming from, you know, like old religious texts or old religious law. Um, a couple of the other random things, um, talking about how could there have been non-contradiction before a universe? I can't fathom what anything would have been like before the universe. I would challenge you to be able to do the same. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to concede to say that, that there's a boundary to what we can know right now as people. I don't even know if humans, given all a perfect information set of the universe, could know what the universe was like before the universe. Um, but of course, I mean, I, I would, I would pose the same challenge to you. What does the world look like before God or any question like that? Um, we could retreat back to the ground that, well, maybe God is eternal. Like I said, well, maybe the universe is eternal. We're kind of in the same boat again. Um, we, so we mentioned, like, can we measure a rock rolling objectively? And we said, well, of course not. What if people have two different systems of measurement? And then we give an example of two different systems of measurement. But the problem is that even though that example is true, we, we still do use these measurements to compare things. Um, some people have metric systems, some people use imperial systems, but somehow we still have found ways to reconcile our measurements so that we all kind of measure the same thing. So it seems by virtue of that, that, that own example that, well, yeah, we can obviously grab common measurement systems. We do it all the time. Um, concepts. So apparently we're having 
I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure what immaterial means. And when we're talking about like we're saying words of understanding concepts, therefore things are immaterial. So my, my physicalist or materialist definition is that every phenomenon that arises can be traced to like physical causes. So when I talk. Um, some portion of my brain is being activated that is accessing concepts that I'm using to move my throat, my tongue, and everything to vocalize a sound. You hear that sound, and then you compare it to things that you understand in your own brain because you've been introduced to these concepts, like language or other types of concepts, and then you are able to like have these ideas in your mind. N- nothing about the process of us communicating requires any sort of immaterial world or immaterial knowledge or anything of the sort. So I don't, I don't know where immaterial things have to come in for communication. And then the final point is that you know, we obviously point to the magical big bang that explains everything i mean obviously science doesn't have an answer maybe never will for how the universe started but i mean it's just as much a fairy tale to say that god created everything as it is to say there is a big bang that created everything in the beginning of the universe i mean i don't think one of these things is is like super logical like god made everything and the other one is super fantastical like there's a big bang um and and then like the final you know assertion well you have to keep adjusting things i mean that's how i would expect any good like uh, investigatory tool to, to work. You would want to keep adjusting your theories based on you know newly collected information. It's much better to do that than to have to pretend that things are never wrong, like with a religious text, or to slowly say more and more things, well, that was symbolic, well, that was symbolic, well, that was symbolic, because you later find out in a God of the Gaps fashion that a lot of the old predictions or a lot of the things that some religious texts said you know, came to not be true or can't be validated in any way with the tools we have today. Did you hear, like, he, he makes the claim, and this is the thing, Notice the argument, and and Marlon brought this up in the beginning, is he just claims that, well, I, I prefer thinking. It, it's the, the, the base assumption he has is that Christians do things based solely on not thinking, just faith. But faith, actually, he doesn't understand, is something you trust. It's a belief system. In other words, it requires thinking. No one believes something for no reason whatsoever. Everybody, even even Lokel, who was in here earlier, he's got a faulty thinking, but it's not that he's without thinking in believing what he believes. It's just bad thinking. Same thing with Stephen here. It's just bad thinking. So this is what you end up seeing. It's it's a argument that is a fallacy. It's missing the point because he's not actually addressing the issue. You're going to hear me in the cross-examination now, because I'm just going to start with a cross-examination. You're going to hear me several times having to ask him to support the argument that secular humanism is superior to Christianity, because he assumes it. That's what arrogance looks like, because he assumes it and says it's true for everybody. That's arrogance. He doesn't support it. He he gives his support for it is actually is actually an, a form of avoiding the actual issue. He's never going to answer the question throughout the whole debate. So here's going to be my cross examination with him. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, um, all right. My my turn for. Cross? Yeah, you, yeah, go ahead, Andrew. You got 10 minutes for cross-examination. Okay, so the way with cross-examination works is you ask me a question, I ask, answer it. You ask, I ask you questions, you answer it. So, okay, um, yeah. Do you, based on what you had said, do Christians use facts and observation? Um, yeah, I would imagine everybody purports to, yeah. Okay, so... There, therefore, it's not based on story and from an old book, like you said. 
Um, well, no, those would be the facts and observations, right? Okay, because it, it seems like the basis of your argument is that secular humanism is better, as, as you had stated, because it's better to use facts and observation versus story. Um, so the only way it could be better or superior is if that was true. If that's not true, then you still have yet to show how it's superior. So how specifically is secular humanism superior to Christianity? Um, so if you ask, do Christians use facts and observations, um, I would say, well, they purport to use facts and observations, but their facts and observations tend to be non-verifiable supernatural truths or things from like religious texts. So I would say everybody uses facts and observations, but I, what I would challenge Christians on is the veracity of, of the facts and observations they use. So I would say that's like the problem with religious people is the facts and observations they lean into tend to be supernatural, unverifiable, immaterial things. So, that, okay. so the superiority of like secularism would come from the fact that ideally we don't rely on like supernatural truths, like things that we actually can okay. understand. But you you just spend a good amount of time explaining that we don't know where the beginning of the universe, we don't know how that is. So you, you are in a position that you have a science of the gaps. You show that you shove science in to say that science may have an answer, but you have just admitted that you have unverifiable conclusions that you make. So. You're saying it's again. I'm going to ask the same question again till till we get an answer. You keep showing that there's no basis in which secular humanism is superior to Christianity, because the argument you just made earlier was that secular humanism is superior because Christianity has unverifiable things. You've admitted that your worldview, secular humanism, has unverifiable facts. Okay, so now we're on the same boat. How is it superior? Um, yeah, so this, I totally reject this. Um, so you're saying that my problem is I say, well, Christianity is unverifiable claims, and then you turn it around and you say, well, you can't tell me how the universe started. I don't think appealing to the hardest questions of all of science, like what, what may be literally the hardest question to ever answer, and then saying since you don't have an answer to that, all of your claims are just as unverifiable as mine. I don't think the beginning of the universe is a, is a, is a question that we need to answer um, before we begin either an investigation locally um, of our own world or trying to answer questions about how we should act in, in the world. I don't think I needed an answer to how did the universe begin to know whether or not I say should murder somebody or should not murder somebody, or maybe to figure out what is the most effective medicine to heal somebody. My, my problem with Christians isn't that they have some unverifiable claims. It's that they use these unverifiable, and unverifiable claims to make judgments about the world on a daily basis. Scientists don't go around saying your car is going to start and turn on because the Big Bang happened, whereas Christians will say you ought to do this and this and this because this is what God is actively saying. I'm going to stop this here for this reason. What you hear, I want, I'm going to back this up so you can hear what he just said. He just said that we don't, that scientists don't argue, you know, well, the Big Bang happened. Therefore, you know, we, we don't say, oh, well, just because the Big Bang happened. But he's going to later argue that we only do science by believing in evolution. So, so later he ends up, he didn't even realize he contradicted himself because he's later going to argue when I argue that Christians, there were just as many Christians that put, you know, a person on the moon as non-Christians. There was, there's nothing about being an, a non-Christian, a secular humanist that put a man on the moon. There were believers there too that were also involved. The MRI was invented by a believer. Um, so, 
believers do science. That's going to be the argument. He's going to, he's going to reject what he just said. So I want to play this again so you rehear it so later you can hear the contradiction. The beginning of the universe is a, is a, is a question that we need to answer um, before we begin either an investigation locally um, of our own world or trying to answer questions about how we should act in, in the world. I don't think I needed an answer to how did the universe begin to know whether or not I say should murder somebody or should not murder somebody or maybe to figure out what is the most effective medicine to heal somebody. My, my problem with Christians isn't that they have some unverifiable claims. It's that they use these unverifiable and unverifiable claims to make judgments about the world on a daily basis. Scientists don't go around saying your car is going to start and turn on because the Big Bang happened, whereas Christians will say you ought to do this and this and this because this is what God is actively saying. I don't claim to have all of the answers of the universe, the Christian does, um, but I also don't claim that you need all the answers of the universe to make any type of prescriptive claim or to understand any of the world around us. Okay, I don't, I don't know if at any point Stephen's going to actually answer questions that are asked or just do rabbit trails, so we'll, we'll try this again. See, the, the question, Stephen, is not what happens with it, because the, the appeals to science are the same appeals Christians make, okay? The issue is the secular humanism that you're arguing for is just chemical reactions. That is directly based on, if you want to say, the creation of the universe. Therefore, you do have to answer that because you're saying it's just a product of evolution, so if it's just all from just random chance and it's all chemical reactions and all the sci- all the studies show that that's not better because it, it, when people believe what you're espousing, they're more likely to cheat, to steal, and to be immoral. That doesn't sound superior to me or to any objective standard. So you said better was the, the standard of superior. I'm trying to find out how secular humanism in what measurable way we can say secular humanism is superior to christianity i'm still waiting so i'll ask it again how is secular humanism superior to christianity um yeah so i'll restate this i guess if any part of this doesn't make sense i can explain in particular um but i would say that secularism is superior to Christianity because I don't rely on unverifiable, unmeasurable statements to evaluate the world. I'm never- okay. He doesn't rely on unmeasurable statements to measure the world. Yet earlier I asked him some things and he goes, well, you know, just because I can't measure it doesn't mean... Wait, wait. He's relying <laughs> on immeasurable statements <laughs> to measure the world. Oops, and I'm going to call him out on that, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's it's interesting to see this is what ends up happening. He hasn't, the, because he has a, a inconsistent worldview, contradictions probably are okay in his mind, but let's, let's see how he tries to answer this. Going to tell somebody that a certain level of prayer is going to cure somebody over like a medical product of some kind. I'm never going to tell somebody that they ought to do something because of some invisible guy or whatever that said something a long time ago. Um, I don't have to make any of these appeals because I don't rely on immaterial supernatural concepts to do it. That's the that's the better part, I would say. Um, whether or not we can show that certain studies today show there are um, people have worse outcomes when they make particular decisions related to being told whether or not they have free will. Well, that doesn't really say whether or not. Free 
free will is better or not better. That just says that people's ideas right now of free will are very much tied into how they view themselves. I mean, we can very easily change that. I'm sure that if you were to ask a, a philosophy student that already didn't believe in free will um, these same questions, they'd probably give a better answer than a normal person who's constantly told they have free will. That's not surprising to me at all. Um, I, I mean, I will make appeals to science because I like that different people can come together and measure the um, – the different claims that are being made, you, you can't really do that same thing with religion. If I have three different scientists in a room all telling me something different, we can all go into a laboratory and test the claims as used right. If you have three different religious people telling us what's different, um, there's no way at the end of the day to settle any of these disputes. And so if we were trying to figure out what's better, um, secularism versus Christianity, I would argue that the three scientists that can go into a room and come out with one conclusion is always going to be better for humanity than the three religious people that are just going to argue and fight among one another that will never give us like a, a conclusion that all three agree on. Okay, so you have a great straw man argument uh, because you've yet to explain what Christianity properly is. Uh, you you continue to to go through an argument that's not real. I mean, it's it, this is a red herring. So, the the, the fact is is that uh, religion uses science. I can sit here and I can talk about facts and science because you you are claiming that the universe could be eternal. No, it can't. The first law of thermodynamics proves that. So the dilemma you have is where did the universe come from? There's only three possibilities. Did did the universe was it eternal, violating the, the law the first law of thermodynamics? Did it create itself, violating the the second law of logic because it would first have to exist to be able to create itself? Therefore, someone or something must have created. Those are the only three options. Which of those three would you hold to? Um. I mean, I would. I don't think I need to, to demonstrate whether or not the laws of logic or thermodynamics exist before the state of the universe. I don't think I'm capable of ever even comprehending or even imagining what a universe would look like outside of the existence of the universe. I, I can't fathom that. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't appeal to any of those three things um, that, that the, the universe, you know, violates non-contradiction or something. I, I can't have information about what happened before the, the existence of the universe. So you can't you can't verify that. Um, with our current technology, it doesn't seem to be the case. I don't know if we'd ever be able to verify anything related to the, the initial state of the universe. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I, I verified it within the question. Okay, you can verify these things, things like the first, second, third law and thermodynamics prove some of these things out. So we do have some verification with these things. We can tell that matter does did have a beginning. So Einstein showed that. So we can, we are, there are ways to verify it. You, however, seem to have a worldview that isn't verifiable, and then you criticize Christianity saying it is the one that's not verifiable. So I, I'm still trying to figure out where we, you know, let me, let me ask these questions in, in two minutes I have left. By what authority can you argue that one chemical reaction is superior to another chemical reaction. Um, so if we're talking about what is superior to another thing, we're kind of making normative claims where we're comparing one state to another. So the appeal that I would broadly make is that humans seem to prefer some states to other states, and it seems like it's easiest if all of us kind of get together and push towards the states that most of us agree are preferable to the non-preferable ones. So, for instance, we can imagine a world where everybody is starving and a world where everybody has food. It seems like biologically most of us have a preference towards the second world, um, and it seems like we don't violate you know, other people's you know, right to life or existence or whatever when we move towards that second world. So that seems to be what we all kind of agree to move towards. Um, I don't believe there is an objective standard by which we can measure good or bad. I don't believe there's an objective way to say, like, this is morally virtuous versus this is, like, um, a moral wrong. So I wouldn't 
I wouldn't go as far as to say that there's like an authority that I can appeal to for some sort of moral statement. Um, I would just descriptively state that like, well, people tend to move towards areas that make them feel better than other areas. Okay. Well, there's only 19 seconds left, so I'll save the questions. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, now, Steve, it's your turn for uh, intimidating oh, examination. Um, yeah, okay. I got you. Wait, did my camera just turn? Oh, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, your just there you go. Um, I, so I guess, like, if you're if you're religious, you must see God, you know, in the, in the world today doing something. I imagine, unless you believe in the, uh, I guess, in the clock starter or whatever, um, where he started the universe and just kind of stepped away. Where do you see God in the world today? Uh, everywhere, he holds it all together. So, if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you to point to a thing where I was like, which, like, what part of this? What, what fact of the world shows, like, this is God? So, for instance, um, we would talk about childbirth, right? We know how two people can have sex. We know how all of the stuff combines. We know how the, the process works inside the woman. And then we know how the baby's delivered. I can, I can show this whole process using scientific um, inventions. Where is, where is God at? I guess I'm trying to find him, like, in any of these areas. Where, where do I look? Well, okay. First off, you, you keep making this appeal to science, which you cannot do without God first existing, because you need an ability to have laws of logic, knowledge, truth, these things that are immaterial that you want to avoid answering. So the, the fact is, where is God? Well, he's in that whole process, because if you actually understood the birth process, you'd realize that it goes, it goes against the way, the, the, the way that the egg is going to go down the tube to get to where it can be you know, fertilized by a sperm, there's little hairs that go opposite direction, and yet the egg still travels that way. How does that happen? That, that shouldn't happen, but it does happen. So it couldn't happen evolutionarily, but it does. It happens. So what we end up seeing is there's a lot of things that just couldn't be without God. So where's God in, in it? Well, the whole concept, the, the whole idea that we can sit there and realize that this, these two chemicals suddenly get an immaterial part of them. That immaterial part of you that is you, that part that can reason, the, that ability to reason, that ability to understand concepts, this is part of an immaterial part of you that is at conception. So if you, specifically you want to know with birth, I don't know what that has to do with secular humanism being superior to Christianity. Okay. Okay. So what what I ended up doing there was taking the argument that he gave. He wanted birth, and now what you're going to see him is just he's going to do kind of like Lukey was doing earlier, just rejecting any information that doesn't agree with his conclusion. Um, I, I could tell you where I got my information from. Um, a biologist was someone who has a PhD in biology and gynecology. That's where I got that information from that there's, I, I forget what he called the hairs. The I call them hairs. Cause I don't know the technical, I couldn't remember the technical term, but um, you know, he was explained there's these hairs that go one way and that the egg goes against the flow there. He, he, he had explained all these different things that go in just the egg getting down there. Now, what does he do? You're going to hear him. He just goes, well, that's not true. O okay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I could give you this source for where I get information from, but just saying, well, that's not true. That's not support. Um, so th that's the kind of argumentation you end up hearing from folks like this. They don't actually support the claim. 
it seems like we've basically ceded the entire ground that God doesn't exist in any observable way in the universe, and we want to say that, well, God is actually a, a precondition for logic and reason. So, uh, um, so we'll, we'll move out of the physical world. So we've totally conceded no, that. How do you need God for logic? Where, how, how, what is the process like for that argument? Okay, so one typical debate topic or debate style is to listen to what someone says, come to a make a conclusion about what they said that's completely opposite and then say, well, we'll move on. I won't let you do that. Okay, you asked for an objective, a specific way in a specific case of birth. And I gave you a specific way scientifically that it can't work evolutionarily. Okay? Um, so the, you, the childbirth thing, I'm, I'm familiar that. with that. That's just not true. So I don't know how to respond to that. I can't, like, show you us a woman. I mean, Okay, so do you hear what he just said? He admits, I'm just not familiar with that. It's just not true. This is, I mean, this is why I say he destroyed his own argument. Notice, he admits that he doesn't know, doesn't have an understanding of the topic, doesn't know what's going on. Then he says an absolute statement as if he has the knowledge. This is, this is something that you can sometimes see in a debate, some people will do. I know in early debates, I know I've done it. Where, where you just get hum, kind of hamstrung and you don't know what to say and there can be a pride that occurs where you just want to win. He's in that state probably because it's something he never thought about. He gave an example and, and, and notice the tactic he wanted to do. He just wanted to restate what I said, but opposite to the way I actually said it. Restate it to the way he wanted it to be said and then we'll move on. And, and then what he could do is just leave that out there. Why did I do what I did? I did what I did to not let him off the hook. I mentioned what he did. I exposed what he did, corrected what he said, and then said, let's let's continue then. Once he had to continue, why did he do that? Because as he just said, well, I don't know anything about that. It's just not true. He said it because he doesn't know anything about that. That's why. He was stuck. He didn't have an answer. And so his way of doing it is just to, the first tactic restate something the way he wanted it to be said and then say let's move on when he couldn't do that he's just going to state no you're just wrong but the mistake was he first mentioned he doesn't know anything about this so if he doesn't know anything about the subject how could he know it's wrong go and watch like a video or we can like read in a book like how childbirth there is no hairs that prevent the the, um the the fertilized egg or fetus sort of from moving through a a woman for childbirth i don't don't know how to respond to that okay well he says uh he doesn't know anything about it right but it isn't there it isn't there how do you know it's not there if you haven't studied it right simple simple thinking so you're just ignorant on the subject that's fine but don't don't then conclude that i haven't said that okay okay yeah i acknowledge so, that you said that I, I mean i guess i could leave it up to the audience to read if so, you understand so if, how I mean, if, is. It, there's plenty of ways we can we can observe gods in in the universe the fact that there is a universe is enough the fact that you have an ability to reason the fact that you have understand concepts all these immaterial things are not possible and, and the, i know you want to move on from that but the you the one thing i'm 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 not seeing how that any of this makes secular humanism superior in any objective way to christianity it, all, all you have is a bunch of claims yeah so my okay. initial claim uh, is really um, for having my, claims. 
I'm sorry, were you finished? No, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, um, if I talk when you're talking, it'll like cut you out. So I'm not. I'm trying not to talk over you if you're responding. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's why I asked. Okay. Um, so, um, I, I, so I've said multiple times that I think that secularism is superior to Christianity because my claims are verifiable. So I think I can make better observations and judgments about the world, which would allow me to make better prescriptive claims about what to do with the, the state of the world. Um, so it seems like you just moved to the point that you said I was strawmanning you on, which is where um, even if I were to. Even if I were to concede that childbirth is somehow not possible um, without God, which I, I wouldn't concede that, but if I did, that still doesn't show God, unless you're literally saying that like God is divinely moving, um, you, you know. So notice what he's doing here. He asks for a scenario. So I should give him one in the scenario that he provided. I gave him an answer. In the scenario he provided. Now he's he'll go on to again later on claim that there was no evidence given. Right, this is what you have. He's not li- either not listening, or just rejecting everything that doesn't con- support his conclusion. This is the, I want you guys to see because this is what these guys do. They think they're being really smart with it, but it, it is arrogance to say that I'm right because I just made the claim or because a lot of people agree with me. He's not supporting the claim; he's just making a claim. Okay, and so I want you to notice that. I want you to notice the tactics because these tactics are are nothing new. Um, you know, I, I saw in the in the comments earlier that um, you know Rob Rob had said, "I'll be honest, I I wouldn't have had an answer uh, for this." Or, sorry, I uh, I wouldn't have had a good answer um, of an answer for this question you know, as, as I did. And, and the thing is, is you got to start to spot the tactics they play. That's all this is. These are games that they're playing. He, he's going to just keep repeating his conclusion over and over again, but notice he's not supporting the claims. And I'll keep asking him to prove secular humanism is spirit of Christianity. He never throughout the entire debate, even attempts to answer that. The only one that defined terms was me. And so that becomes a problem. Um, so I, I want, I'm going to keep playing this. This is through women in order to have childbirth against the own bodies that God also supposedly designed. I don't, I don't, I don't follow that argument at all. Um, but this, the, the, more, the argument I'm more interested in, uh, I don't know if we'll go back to the childbirth thing, the argument I'm more interested in is this idea that you need God for things like logic. I really want to know how you can justify that claim. How, how can you possibly say that we require a God for, for like laws of logic to exist? Why does it say require God? Yeah. Because immaterial things need an immaterial source. Can, can, I mean, chemical, chemical reactions, material things cannot produce immaterial. That's, that's just a law of nature. So if you have anything that's immaterial, as I've kept saying, I mean, you keep saying that I'm not providing that example and, 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 for folks who may be watching, notice what he's doing here over and over again. He he continues to appeal to say that Christians don't do science somehow. Um, we use the same exact science. Uh, there's very little science that's based in whether God exists or not exists. Uh, so I, I, I've never needed to use in any of the work that I've done uh, to that God exists to 
program computers or develop some of the things I've developed. No, it's not, it's, it's a, it's fictitious. So, you know, where, where, because every time you have an immaterial entity, it requires an immaterial source. That's why it's, that's something you'd have to be able to argue. Now you argue we're just chemical reactions. Then you have to be able to answer these things, but you have plenty of things you can't verify as you've, as you've said. And yet you keep saying that it's us Christians that can't verify anything. That's not being accurate to what Christianity holds to. And the one thing you've, you, that hasn't been done throughout this is any kind of even definition, uh, you know, other than I gave in the beginning of which was your definitions to what secular humanism is and Christianity is. You've yet to describe Christianity itself. You've made claims of Christians. That's not Christianity. You've yet to make a, a, a support. So. Um, I, I mean, I, we can go over the definitions of secular humanism again or Christianity again. I don't know how that's relevant um, to the conversation. I mean, you read them off at the start. I don't know if I could repeat them back to you if that's what you want. Um, but, but in terms of, I, I guess it like the, the frustrating thing is that when you go to church, um, I, so I went to church every Sunday. I was a Catholic. Um, when Christians talk about all the things that God is involved in, very rarely do you go and listen to a sermon about how, well, God is here so that we can have a priori truths about logic. Like, if we're going to back God up into this very weird, esoteric niche world where God is like the engine that powers like these fundamental you know, laws of logic of the universe, um, then you're talking about it in such an immaterial fashion that it's completely and totally impossible for you to ever verify it. Because I can ask you again, because you actually haven't answered this, how do we get laws of logic from God, and how can you even know that you're getting those laws of logic from God? If you need... Okay, so notice notice a couple things. Well, one, he announced he was Catholic. There's a problem. But <laughs> notice what he does. He says, I didn't answer. Uh, actually, I did answer that earlier, but watch how I'm going to answer again. He still doesn't accept the answer. Why? Because it goes back to confirmation bias. What you end up seeing them do is just, oh, wait, I don't, that, I don't like that support. Nope, just throw it away. That's what he's going to end up doing. I already said that it's an immaterial entity and it needs an immaterial source. That's why it requires God. I said that just a few minutes ago, but watch, he's still not going to get it. Just to even begin to form a thought, how can you know what he is if, if, if he's required to even think? How do you even get that information? Sure. The laws of logic come from the nature of God. That's where they come from. Uh, how do we know them? Because he's revealed them. He's revealed them in the heart of every single human being knows the existence of God. He has written this. We have, we have the fact that he's put laws in our heart. We have a conscience. We know right from wrong. That's the evidence. You can look at nature. God's created the stars and everything else so we could be in, in awe of, his, of how great he is. So we can look at what his own creation. And then we have special revelation, which he's re- revealed in writing, so we can have something objectionable, not just objective, that we can look to. Now, if we're, if we're just chemical reactions, then there is no objective reality. So he's given us something objective. You said no religions can compare themselves, can, can come to one true one. Uh, in, my, in my close, I will give you how to prove objectively what is the one true religion. Um, okay, so so then I would ask you simply, how do you know um, that the laws of logic come from God? You said that he reveals them to you. How do you know this revelation is real and you're not being tricked by, say, a demon of some sort? Well, 
I would say, well, the, the answer would be very... Now, let me, let me stop here to show you a tactic that he's doing so you guys could recognize this as well. And the reason we're going through this is I want you to be able to see the tactics that people do. I want you to see what games they play so that you can recognize it so when you debate, you're able to spot this stuff, okay? What did he do? He's, he's trying to turn it on me. Now, remember, who is on the side that has to support the argument? The debate is, is secular humanism superior to Christianity? Who has to support it? He does. <clears throat> That's the thing. I don't have to defend the topic, right? So what is he doing? He's trying to turn the tables. Why is he doing that? Because I've already shown he's not answering the question. I've shown he's not supporting his claims. That's why he's doing this. That's why you're seeing him do this. Because he can't. And this is what you see over and over again. Watch any debate with Michael Delhunty. Michael Delhunty, or sorry, Mike, Matt Delhunty. Matt Delhunty debated Matt Slick on the same very topic. The reason that Matt, when we were working together on this, trying to come up with a debate topic, I had said, Matt, you got to pick a topic where he is got to defend his claim. Because all he does, he's always on the offensive, just throwing pot shots. That's what you see these guys do. They don't want to be on the defensive. What happened in the debate with Matt Delhunty and Matt Slick, when it came to cross-examination... He just reject. He's like, hey, let's have a discussion. He didn't. He even admitted this is hard. That's right. It's hard to defend an argument. So what does he do? He says, let's just have a discussion and let's ignore the cross examination. What do you see Stephen doing? Ignore the cross examination. Just do a rebuttal. Now what's he doing in the cross examination? Trying to turn it to say, no, you have to support it. Well, I do have to support the claims that I that I make. But see, the fact that my even if my claims were wrong doesn't prove that his conclusion, secular humanism, spirit of Christianity, is right. That's the thing that in a debate he's got to prove. He's got to prove secular humanism is superior to Christianity. He, he doesn't do that, okay? So this is why I want you guys to see the tactics, all right? I want you to be able to identify these things so that you're able to know when you see it, when you're debating people, so you can recognize the, the tactic, the creator who created the universe created it with laws of logic in place. Therefore, it comes from him. Um, to believe that we have this organized laws in place and it came about by chance, by randomness, by chaos, that takes more faith to believe. You say you, you believe in things that are facts and, and objective and that can be researched. Show me how chaos creates organization. Um, because that's essential to your view. You know, you'll probably appeal and say, well, it's not, I can't verify that. Well, then stop saying that we Christians have, are inferior because we have things we can't verify because there's plenty of things you can't verify either. So again, uh, you know, I'm just not seeing how that's uh, making Christianity inferior in any way to secular humanism. All right, that's 10 minutes. All right, we're not going to close the statements. Uh, Steve, you have the first closing statement. Okay, so he's going to go closing statements. I'm going to play the closing statements. I'm going to time it because I want to see how quick his closing statement was here. Uh, it was a pretty quick one. So let's, let, let's do that, just like his opening. 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, my close, I mean, like, um, this is kind of like rock bottom for the presuppositionalist argument. Uh, you typically you ask them, okay, well, how do you know that God is giving you divine revelation and someone's not tricking you? And they'll just circularly say, well, God created the universe, so I know it's right. And you can keep asking that. You're never going to get a response because the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, nobody can justify, like, foundational truths of our existence. So, for instance, like, how can I know that law of identity is real or causality is real or non-contradiction is real? Well, it just seems like things we kind of know a priori as humans. Nobody is able to justify this. No philosopher ever has. No religious person ever has. And if you ask the religious person to, it always becomes circular at the end, like it did when I asked last. Um, I'll continue to say that secular humanism, um, ways to measure things and verify things in the world scientifically is always going to be superior than relying on old and outdated religious texts for our, any kind of scientific truth or any truth at all. Um, and those are the, yeah, that's my closing on that. All right, so there you go. It was about three minutes. <laughs> so, all right, let's 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 see what my closing is. And now, the reason I'm going to play this closing is not so much because I, I think that the closing was, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I do try to answer the argument, but this is what, as a Christian, I want to see in every Christian debate with an unbeliever, that the gospel is explained. Debating is is useless with if you're going to argue you know if you're going to if you're going to you know sit there and say well we're just going to debate so we can win this isn't about winning and i want you to understand that this is about getting the mouth shut so that the gospel can go forth that's the importance of of this so why do all all this is for the gospel so let's listen to that part now you have uh, 10 minutes salt for closing statements. All right. Well, again, I want to thank Stephen and Marlo for ha- having this debate, for Stephen for coming on and, and doing this, and for Marlo for just hosting this. Um, appreciate that. Uh, in closing, um, I would like to say that um, Stephen mentioned that I did not answer where the laws of logic, how the laws of logic come from God. Uh, I think I did. It's when I stated he's the creator, if he created an, a world, a universe with the laws of logic, then it comes from him. Um, that's part of being a creator. To say that it comes from nothing, the laws of logic come from nothing, but they work perfectly. By the way, he keeps appealing to ancient texts. Well, th- the fact is, is that none of the science, Christians do science. So that doesn't prove that secular humanism is superior. Christians do science all the time. The fact is, is that what we end up seeing in science is that it has to keep changing its own views on things, things it held absolutely. I bet Stephen is not, because he's not old enough to under, to remember when there was time that people taught about ether. Ether was this thought that there was something, invisible force between all objects. And yet, nope, there was no ether. Einstein proved that. So we change in science, and that's fine. But you know what? None of that science has ever disproven the Bible. Now, we do have people who have biases when it comes to science, and they they put that bias in, and so they will restrict certain things. We just had a case recently where a professor found soft tissue uh, in a T-Rex, sorry, in a in a uh, terrestrial. A horn of a triceratops and what we what we find he got fired for saying well this can't happen unless the earth is young so whenever we have someone that is uh believing in anything 
other than what is allowed to be taught in science. In other words, they they will shut down anything that disagrees with their conclusion. That's called confirmation bias. And then they force that upon everyone to say you must accept this because that's what he, the argument is. And to say that anyone that's religious doesn't follow science. No, we do follow science. We use the same science anyone else can use. Um, there were plenty of Christians that got the men to the moon as well as there were non-Christians. And none of that affected any of their religious system. In fact, most of the people that started doing science were all Christians. So the the whole argument he's made that secular humanism is superior to Christianity has been based on, well, of strawman arguments of Christianity based on conclusions that he didn't affirm or could, couldn't verify. The the fact is, is he said that we that you know he does everything based on facts and objective but it, like i said in the beginning he provided no objective standard whatsoever to be able to judge whether these two are comparable even because we are just chemical reactions in his worldview he's made that clear now he asked how can you know which religion is true there is an objective way to do that to examine every world religion i have studied for 14 years of my life other world religions i've compared them and i can say that there is an objective way to look at all the world religions and see which one is right versus which ones are not which ones are man-made versus divine very simply one of the things we know about human nature is they will always praise humans will always praise their own works you'll see that in any time you have a king you have a king he goes to war if he loses the war he's going to praise the battles that he won during the war why because that's what humans do so all you have to do is look at any single religion that adds any human effort to the core part of what it means to be in a religion, getting right with God, and you have a man-made religion. So when you look at that simple, objective way, you can compare every single religion. What do you see? Every single religion except for one, biblical Christianity, says man does something. If it's Catholicism, as Stephen grew up, that would be a man-made religion because they believe in works plus faith. If you want to believe in Islam, you do one good work counts for ten bad works. If you want do second temple judaism which is not biblical judaism of the old testament they would say you go you get right with god by doing torah by obeying the law so every system has this idea of works if you want to look at buddhism or hinduism they have the idea that when you do enough good you'll you'll eventually get to nirvana you'll, you'll come back in a better life and if you do bad you go to a worse life but again based on works the reality is what we see in the one true religion which god revealed in scripture is the fact that all all of us, Stephen, myself, Marlo, and all of you watching included, all of us break God's law. We have a conscience. We know. We lie. We steal. We do things that, that break his law. That's why we have that guilty feeling. So that not only can we look at the universe and know God exists, but we can we can look at our conscience and know we've broken his law. But he made a way of escape that God himself did all the work. God himself became a man, came to earth, and he paid the full punishment of sin upon himself on that cross. When he was on that cross, he took the full weight of sin, the punishment that I deserve, 
And he paid it himself. Being an eternal being, this is why it's important that he's God. This is another unique thing of Christianity. Not only is it the only one where God does everything, but it is the only one that's not based on a system of morality. A, another objective way you can compare is that every man-made system is a system of morality. Christianity is not. Christianity is not based on teachings. It's based on a person. And that person being Jesus Christ, why does it, is it unique with him? Because he's, he is truly God and truly man. Being truly man, he can pay the fine of other people as long as he's never broken the law. Being truly God it means that he is eternal, and being an eternal being, he can pay the punishment for not only all time, but multiple people because of his nature being an eternal being. So here's two of three objective ways you can compare which religion is true. I'll get to the third in a moment. But the, the thing is that what you end up seeing is that Christ on that cross became sin, paid the price of sin that we could be set free. The fact is, is that he paid it, but if we don't ex- receive that gift, that payment's not for us because we, we people's pride think they can do it their own way. A third objective way is that every religion will say that God is both just and merciful. Islam will, will refer to Allah most merciful, but you cannot have justice and mercy in the same way in the same time. They're mutually exclusive. If Stephen was to slap me and the law said, and I don't think he would, but if he was to slap me and the law says that I must slap him back, I can do one of two things. I can slap him, that would be just. I can show mercy and not slap him, but I cannot do both. If I tap him lightly, that's not grace, that's not mercy, and it's not just. So you get neither. Only within Christianity do you have justice and mercy because Christ himself, being a man, was able to go to that cross and take the full weight of sin upon himself. And therefore, he took all that sin, so it was fully paid. Therefore, the justice was paid. Now he can offer mercy. And so what Christianity actually teaches has nothing to do with, with what we've, we've actually been talking about, unfortunately, today. Um, we ha- is, it is about the fact that we can be reconciled to God, that we can, we can be free from guilt of sin and not have to turn to drugs and alcohol and these different things or turn to fairy tales like believing in frogs that can become princes over millions of years. The, the reality is, is that we will all be accountable to God. It's appointed unto man once to die and then a judgment, and we're going to face God one day. And how will you stand? Will you stand before God and, and be seen as righteous in his eyes because you have accepted his free gift? Or will you stand before God and have to pay for the consequences of your sins? That's the way to know one true religion. Now, in the conclusion of this debate, I would have to say that in nowhere did we see established that secular humanism is objectively superior to Christianity other than in the mind of my opponent. He made claims about Christianity that are untrue. He didn't give anything that shows that Christianity itself is the basis of somehow this this thinking that he claims Christianity has. He didn't substantiate any of it, and he couldn't verify any of the things he that are essential to his belief system. So I would say that when he says everything is just a chemical reaction and then he wants to appeal to an objective source, that's no longer a chemical reaction. And I would argue that in his opening statement when he said he appeals to objective thing, uh, facts and things he could objectively observe, well, he can't do that 
if it's just chemical reactions. There's only one thing that we can look at as scientific evidence of the universe. You need someone to create something and someone to observe it and someone to record it. That's what we have in the Bible. God created the universe. He observed it. He recorded it. It follows the scientific method. He will destroy it and recreate it one day. So what we end up seeing is the only scientific method you have for the creation of the universe is found in Genesis chapter 1. All right, so that was the debate. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I hope that going through some of the post debate that you get to see, um, you get to see basically some of the tactics that get used. You get to see some of the arguments that made why some of those arguments, why I made some of the claims that I did to to. So that you, the purpose of doing this isn't just to play a debate because I would have just played it and that way and not interrupt throughout. But the goal of this is to help you guys in your apologetics, to help you spot these things. These tricks are not, you know, unique to Steve. I mean, it's, it's the irony because we had the, the, uh, the, we'll call him the liar locale because he doesn't want to give his real name. So he, he's as long as he's going to lie about his name, we'll just call him the lying locale uh, or locale the liar, whichever way we want to do it. You got to give him a nickname. So that seems to be one that that fits because, well, yeah. So, uh, but you know, he was a great example. He did the same thing Steve did. You know, it was almost like he wanted to show, hey, look, all of us that reject truth, we do the same things. Because that's what they have no choice. They they have no choice. Once you reject truth, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the uh, Jim Wallace, Jay Warner Wallace, he goes, is how he goes by the author, as an author. And, you know, he talks about the example when, when you have someone, if he walks into a crime scene, they look and someone's murdered and someone goes, okay, well, we walk in, we got to find out who did it, but, you know, an African-American didn't do it. Well, what's going to happen if an African-American did do it? You, you're never going to find him. Why? Because you're not looking for that. You're looking for anything else. Once you, if you say a, a man could, didn't do it and it was a man, well, then what happens? You're, you're immediately going to reject any evidence because the conclusion forces it. Well, that's what happens. Uh, you know, Mike Riddle, he used to be speaker with Anthony Genesis. He's now with uh, Creation Training uh, Institute, I think is the name of his organization. And But go check out Mike Riddle. And he does this really funny thing. He'll say, okay, I want you guys to do me a favor and tell me what three plus four is. But I got some rules. You can't say seven. You can't spell seven. You can't give, you know, the number seven in some other form like, you know, binary or hex or something. You can't, No, you can't in any way refer to seven. Give me the answer what three plus four is. And he'll just sit there and feel like, can't figure it out. Someone will yell out 11. He'll go, right. 21, right. And they start to realize, once you reject the right answer, the true answer, and you start from the get-go, you're going to go, that can't be. Then you're going to be stuck with trying to get any answer that can work. And and that's exactly what you see these guys doing. So, uh, so yeah, there there you have it. Um that was the debate, some of the, the um, basically the different uh, points with that. Uh, I do want to encourage you folks to, uh, to check out, uh, if you want to ever join us every week, we're going to be coming, doing more Q&As coming up. I'll find out when Matt's going to be back, and um, we'll probably have some guest apologists coming in. If any of you have some topics you want debated, discussed, come on in here. Uh, maybe, maybe we... You know, I did a program on an old 
show uh, years ago on Zeitgeist where I actually played through the movie, went through the source documents. Maybe I should do that again um, because it's kind of funny. That again, when you start with a conclusion, they all argue for, you know, December 25th and that was a day no one believes Jesus was born. So the arguments say, oh, look, here's December 25th. They're all born December 25th. Jesus was born December 25th, except no one believes he was born December 25th. The word son with S-U-N, as the the other religions have it, and S-O-N, yeah, that only works in English. You see, that becomes the problem. It's it's It sounds the same, but it's not the same word. Um Justin Pierce wants some Mormonism and Jehovah Witnesses, so we we could do those topics. What I'd really like, if anyone has a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon that would like to come in and do a discussion on the topics, on the belief systems, that would be great. Let's let's do that. Have that. I do want to mention uh, our trip to Israel for folks. In the, uh, March twenty twenty one. Go to twenty twenty one israeltrip dot com. Check that site out. We are going to be going to Israel. Uh, we are filling up. We I, I don't know. I think we're, we're half filled or over. And so I do know that Eric has these giveaways he does. And uh, for people who sign up, the earlier sign up, the, the more things that he gives. He was giving $100 off. That's off the table. But he's still giving some books and DVDs. And uh, soon I think they're going to be off the table. So make sure you... you Register now. Now, if you pay the down payment now, that saves your seat, but you have till next Thanksgiving, and that's more than a year away to cancel, and you get all but I think $125 back. So you have plenty of time to save your seat and make the decision later. So go to 2021israeltrip.com. Also to let you know, if you're checking out the Christian podcast community, we're going to be having a whole lot of changes to that site. So I want you to check that out. We're going to be coming up with a brand new site. Um, and so if you go to christianpodcastcommunity.org, you can see all of the podcasts that we have there. All of them are there, and when you go there, you'll be able to see the new site. It should be up, I hope, next week, maybe the week after. So we're hoping to get that. It's going to be it's going to be a lot easier, and that's been holding up about six of our podcasts. We got six new podcasts that want to join. The problem is we want to kind of clean or have a clean move over so that everything is nice and and set up so we're not doing double work so early so uh, we're going to try to do that so with that i want to thank you guys uh andrew you have anything you want to say before we close out on on the debate any any points you want to bring up no no and so i i should I should mention this. Maybe I'll do, I won't, don't know if I'll do this on this show or my rap report podcast, but I have been asked to address, uh, the issue of flat earth. <laughs> I know it's a joke. It, that's, it was actually started. The flat earth society was started by an agnostic. So just always keep that in mind. He targeted the Christian, you know, people that claim to be Christians, but, um, yeah, so I will probably tackle that one sometime soon. So until then, I just want to remind you guys to strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God, and we will see you next week with an open Q&A.